being in a fulfilling relationship does not require a lot of work. I know a lot of people say, oh, it takes so much work. It simply requires dedication. Like to achieve the ultimate goal of happily ever after, it is essential to keep a level head and drop the judgmental attitude. Welcome to Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson, and I am thrilled to be back on this mic with you, picking up where we left off on long-term marriage and everything in between. In this episode, we are on part five. So you certainly have had enough time to listen to parts one, part two, part three, and part four by now. If you haven't listened to it by now, you probably won't. But the good news is you could just pick up wherever you land, right? I mean, it's not a prerequisite. Although I might reference some things that I mentioned in the previous episodes. But if you didn't listen to those, it's fine. But I'm glad you're here now. And I'm glad to be here with you. So thank you for tuning in. Welcome. Happy December. How do we get here so quickly? It is the last month of 2020. 23. And boy, has a lot been going on since we last talked. So what am I talking about today? We're talking about episode five. This is episode five of the marriage, long-term marriage series that I started way back when. I think the first episode of that one was in September, right? Hold on. Let me just take a peek here. I think that first episode was, let me see, part one. Yeah, part one was in September. And, you know, I've had a few breaks in between, but I did begin back in September. So um, if you don't already know, I did say that I wasn't sure how many parts this um, series would be. And right now I'm not feeling like I'm ready to move on. Although when I wasn't recording, I did have a lot of other ideas come up for episodes or, you know, podcasts that had nothing to do with marriage. And so I made a note of those. So let's just say there's no shortage of ideas. And guys, that's usually how it is. Like if there's something you want to create, do it. Because the more you use, the more you have. And I actually remember hearing Beyonce say that for the first time. Like that was the first time I ever heard of it. You know how you think, oh, I mean, surely you can't get any more creative. I mean, with her even, you know, or even the Kardashians, right? It's like it how how much better can it get? Like, really, can they do any more? Absolutely, because the more you use, the more you have. So I'm saying that to say for me, I'm like always getting ideas. And I was thinking about, you know, oh, it's 2024 coming up. What are we doing for Family Planet 365? Are we ready to have some guests on? Are we ready to do the thing? And I was like, you know, I'm not really feeling like I'm ready to share the mic again yet because... If you produce a podcast, you already know, like it's showing up to the mic for me. And I posted this like last week on my Instagram, like it is not a, I'm not going to say it's a challenge, but it is certainly a commitment. And before you know, like a week goes by, two weeks go by. And then it's like, oh, I didn't even record anything this month. So I don't 
feel the desire or the urge to have to schedule other people to get on the podcast. And yeah, that might be like a lame excuse, but I feel like I have a lot to say right now. And so I want the mic to be for me. And um, yeah, so I'm just going to go with that feeling and until the feeling goes away. But for now, I'm thinking 2024, we're still, we're going to be listening to me, just get my thoughts out and share what's going on in my world and me offering my unsolicited advice. No, it is solicited because if you're listening to Family Planet 365, you're obviously here for a reason. And I believe that there are no coincidences there are no accidents and it is divine that you have chosen to tune in this week, last week, or whenever you decided to choose, you, whenever you chose to tune in to Family Planet 365. So thank you so much. So with that said, I'm going to continue with the long-term marriage series. And, you know, I think since we recorded last, there was um, a breakup, but I can't remember who it was, but you know what we're going to do? Let's go ahead and get into the news and noteworthy section of the podcast. Cause I have a lot to talk to you about, about culture and what's going on in the world. So first let's talk about the Britney Spears memoir. Okay. So yes, I am reading it. And, um, huh, did you all hear me talk about the um biography or what I guess it would can we consider an autobiography of Whitney Houston. Um Robin wrote a song for you and I remember I received that book from my husband for Christmas one year. I think it was in 2021 or maybe it was in 2020. I think it was in 2020 because we were in the pandemic and I just remember enjoying it so much. Like it had so much flavor and Everything that I wanted to know, like she was spilling all the tea. I remember just sitting there reading for hours, okay? Like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh my goodness. Well, let's just say that Britney Spears, the woman in me, is not that, okay? Now, where am I coming from? Because let me just be clear, I am a Britney Spears fan, okay? Um, Well, I would say was, because... Not so much now, like I don't have any beef or anything or nothing negative to say, but just re- like in my um recollection, recollection or memories, I enjoy Britney Spears. I love her music. I love like her dancing. I loved her image. I loved all the things. For me, the book is really just rehashing everything that was in the media. You know, I mean, given that I was a fan I kept up with what the things that she would, you know, um, be into and what was going on with her, with paparazzi and in the news and with her baby dad, her husband, Kevin, because she didn't marry him, right? Yeah, she didn't marry him. And so I knew all that. So she's really just talking about that. And if you haven't read it yet, you know, you might want to just pause this part, like fast forward, because I'm going to share some spoilers because it's been out for like two months now, I think, maybe even longer. But I just feel like I know she has a ghostwriter. Like I could just tell because, you know, Robin's book, you could really tell the a song for you with the, with, you know, the story of Whitney Houston and Robin and her whole career. You could tell that Robin really came from a place of like whole heart and passion and just really wanting to tell the story. With Britney's book, 
you could just tell that someone was hired to write it and they just had a job, okay? I feel like I am picking that up because I am a fellow writer and I understand about storytelling. I understand um, the different elements of storytelling and it's missing a lot of those elements. Now, what's even sadder to me is that this book is a New York Times bestseller and A Song for You was not. And that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not even going to get into the race of it all, but it kind of tells us where the the TikTok nation that we live in today, because it's not doing anything for me. I mean, I read like a, maybe a chapter every two or three days and the chapters are like four pages long, which is cool. Cause I mean, we love a short chapter, right? But I'm just not engaged, so to speak. Cause it's like, again, it's everything I already knew. There's no seasoning. Like it's like eating bland chicken. Like you just threw this in the grease or you just threw it in the oven. You didn't even season anything. Um, it is Good to get Britney's quote unquote perspective on how everything went down. But I feel like Britney is using this book to get back at her parents because she has nothing positive to say. Everything, she's such a victim. Like, oh my God, my parents did this to me. They used me for my money, which is probably true. But if you're talking about the woman in me, can we come from a place of empowerment? Can we come from a place of, you know what? Here's the role that I played in that, you know, because right now I'm at, I'm on, I think, let me see what chapter am I on now. I am reading chapter 33, chapter 33. And she's basically talking about how the conservatorship came to be, you know, her dad taking over everything. And they were saying she's not able to make decisions and it's crazy, like, how Kevin, her husband, was able to come in and keep the kids away from her. Like, I'm like, really, sis? Because where I come from, like, that ain't, you're not going to be able to just come in and take my kids. Like, so I don't know if I really buy the whole, like, woe is me. And I know from what I understand in the news, this was real. Like, her parents or her dad was like, you can't drive your car. You can't do all the things, but you could perform and make money, but you can't have a life. And I just don't get where that's coming from. And it's kind of aggravating to me because one, like I said, it's like kind of a victim mentality. And two, she has so much power and it just aggravates me when people have so much power and they don't even know the power they have or they don't choose to use it. So that's where I'm coming from. But, you know, I when I read a book, I commit to a book with the exception of 50 Cent's book, Get Rich or Die Try and I. I read like the first chapter. I was like, I am out. He clearly is not writing this. This is a ghostwriter. I don't care. I'm putting this away. I didn't read it. That was the only book I've ever done that to. But with Brittany, I'm committed because I just want to see like, you know, I want to get to the end. I want to see what it's about. So I don't have that many more pages to go. Maybe in the next few episodes, I'll finish it up and give you more insight and feedback. And maybe things will take a turn for the better. I don't know. But I do feel with my whole heart that she wrote this book basically to take a dig at her parents and then not for nothing. And I get that from Wendy Williams. I miss Wendy Williams so much. I'm going to bring her up in one of my next news and noteworthies, but not for nothing. The way she acts on Instagram too. It's like, really you that weird now? Like, remember we talked about like, why do people be so talented, make so much money and then they get weird. Like, why are we getting weird? What is that about? 
And so I think for me, that's to what's playing out too. Like Brittany's not somebody I'm like, oh, I got to follow her. I want to see what she's doing. She's doing amazing things. She's weird. At least she acts weird. And so all these things are playing out for me. And I think it is affecting the experience that I'm having in reading her book. So but I'm going to continue to read it. But I just want to let you know about that. Also in news and noteworthy, um, Goosebumps. Guys, I recorded in October, so <laughs> I realized I missed a whole month, but I was so excited to hear that Goosebumps, you remember Goosebumps? It's like this um, teen, tweens, tween teen series based on the real books by um, R.L. What is it? Goosebumps by huh. R.L. Stein. R.L. Stein. Well, my kids and I, we used to watch Goosebumps religiously. Like it used to come on PBS back in the day and we used to watch it after school. And then when it stopped coming on PBS, it started coming on um, Comedy Central, not Comedy Central, on Cartoon Network. It would only come on around the um, Halloween season. So we started like calling it Spooky Night and we would watch Goosebumps, right? They've grown out of that. Like they don't do that anymore with me. But um Goosebumps did a rehash like they vamped up their series and it was I was watching it on Disney plus so Disney plus basically I guess they're producers of it and they were like hey we're gonna buy the rights we want to remake Goosebumps and it was based on like all the cool Goosebumps episodes which is Slappy and um The Mask and all the cool episodes if you guys haven't gotten into Goosebumps when your littles get like maybe nine years and up Make sure, I know we used to get, sometimes we would get the DVDs from the library and watch them because they have like, you know, the library is a good place for when you have little kids because you can go get resources for free. Um, if your kids don't have a library card, make sure they have a library card and make sure you take them because, you know, we were just talking about this. My kids and I were talking about this the other day. I'm like, I wonder do kids still go to the library because now, you know, you have your phone, you don't really have to check anything out. But do you, do you know how empowered my kids used to feel? Like I would take them to the library probably twice a week and they would go and like pick out their books and have their little bag for their books or they'd pick out movies. And it was just, they had their own card. Like that was their first time having their own card. I think all kids deserve that. And it's free. Like your tax dollars pay for that. So if you are a parent at the sound of my voice and you have children who are old enough to understand, please find your local library, take them in there, talk to them. We're going to the library. Even the, um, and it's funny cause librarians are, they used to be cool. I don't know how they are now cause I don't really go to the library. I mainly go to Barnes and Noble, but librarians are so cool. Like they will give them a tour of the library. Okay. It's just so much fun, especially the, um, what desk is that? The resource desk? Like you know, not the librarians who are like checking you out because there's a, a computer or machine that checks you out automatically, but the librarian that you can go and ask, hey, how do I find a book about traffic lights? You know, and they'll tell you. So that's like the resource librarian. They'll give them a tour of the library and show them like the kids section and they'll give them like a um a calendar of events. So like they have story time. It's the holiday season. So they're probably doing like cool holiday crafts. And it's just a great place. So please, please, if you are a listener of Family Planet 365, chances are you have small children. Make sure they get a library card and make sure you take them. Like make it your business to take them to the library. So I digress. Um, 
However, so I would, my kids, we would go to the library and sometimes we would get Goosebumps DVDs. Well, that's been years. Everybody's like grown and doing their thing now. We're not doing the library anymore. Like I said, I just go to Barnes & Noble by myself. But I heard that Goosebumps was doing like this new whole series. So I was super excited. And I did tell my 13, my 12, my 13 and 14, I have a 13 and 14 year old. And I was about to say 12 and 11. <laughs> my 13 and 14 year old was like, hey guys, the there's a new Goosebumps. And I even told my college kids, and they were like, for real? I was like, yeah. So it's on Disney Plus. I watched it. I loved it. I love the writing of it all. I love the storytelling of it all. They did justice to that. Now, one of the heartaches that I really had was they don't play the Goosebumps song anymore. And if you're not familiar with Goosebumps, I'm going to pull it up for you to hear right now because it is that amazing. But I, um, during the month of October... I play the Goosebumps song on our way to school when I drop the 13 and 14 year olds off. And I do, I did that when my son was a senior. I did it when my daughter's a senior. So every day in October, I play the Goosebumps song when I'm dropping them off just one time. Um, it's really cool because it's on, it's on, um, YouTube and it has it on repeat. One time my daughter, my October baby, she always has like a Halloween birthday theme and when the kids walked into the party, I had like Goosebumps theme song playing and it was on, on repeat and they loved it. Okay. And, um, this year, you know, every year I usually rent a van, like this year I rented a van, but, um, well last year I rented a van too, but I usually take the seventh and eighth graders to Fright Fest and I had Goosebumps playing in the van and they were like, oh my gosh. And my teens were like, whatever, this is so lame. But the other kids liked it because they don't take it for granted because I, their parents aren't doing that. I do that for my kids all the time. So they're like rolling their eyes, but I don't care. So yeah, this is the Goosebumps song. Okay, hold on. There's a commercial. And I'm going to show you if you haven't heard. And I'm going to tell you why I'm playing this because it's an ode to the original Goosebumps theme song. But here it goes. Okay, so that is the original Goosebumps theme song, okay? Now, I guess to cater to an older crowd, they have this rap song. Like, I get Goosebumps every time or something. And my daughter was like, oh, that's by Tyler, the creator or something, I think it is. It's by a rapper. It was like, I get Goosebumps every time, yo. And I'm like, what? So that was my only... um negative comment or review about goosebumps is i don't like how they've updated the song and actually it's not even it wasn't even created for a goosebumps i don't think i think it's just a regular song but they use the rights to it i don't know but if you ask me as a goosebumps og they should keep the old theme song okay so if anybody who works for um disney plus or the production company that is creating the next season of goosebumps please change it to the regular goosebumps. Now, I know we're in December and I'm talking about Halloween stuff, but you got to understand I missed like a whole month. So I'm making up for lost time. 
So yeah, love the goosebumps. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring up, and there's so much stuff, but I realize, you know, I can't cram it all into one show just because I chose not to record. You know, that's like not your fault. But um, the last thing I want to bring up is Napoleon. So my husband's like, we got to go see Napoleon. I'm like, okay, how long is it? It was pretty long, but it was good because I love Joaquin Phoenix. Like he's really talented. Loved him in Joker. Loved him in all his movies. So I was willing to give it a shot. You know, the story of Napoleon, like I've read some of the reviews. People are like, oh, the wars were totally off. Like Ridley Scott doesn't know what he's doing. But, you know, I don't really get into reviews because it's my opinion. Like I'm not going to let someone else's opinion affect how what I view or what I eat. My husband, on the other hand, loves reading reviews. He chooses restaurants based on reviews. He chooses movies based on reviews like I'm like, I'm going to go see what I want to see. I'm going to eat what I want to eat, where I want to eat. I don't care. But I could see where there were some holes in the Napoleon movie. But you know what I love most about like these era, um, these like time period movies is the costuming and the, the clothes and like what they wear. And uh, I love that. It's so classy, so much thought, so much effort into the costuming of it all. So I, if you enjoy that, then you'll love the Napoleon movie. And if you like Joaquin, you'll like it too, because he is just amazing. Like he really gets into character. So I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that's all for our news and noteworthy. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Family Planet 365. I'm your host, Melina Jackson. And we are on part five of long-term marriage and everything in between. And this week we are talking about is it really work or is it dedication? Because see, that's two different things, right? Because work is something you like tarry, you struggle with it. It's a challenge. It feels hard. But dedication is like, we in we in this, we doing this. It's kind of ease. It's more ease. It's more peace. It's more of a desire. It's more um, joy. And so I want to talk about that. So we're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to pick up on part five of long-term marriage and everything in between. Don't go far. Hello and welcome back to Family Planet 365. I am your host, Melina Jackson. And this week we are taking on part five of long-term marriage and everything in between. And I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but I am going to kind of back backpedal um, probably in the next episode. And we're going to talk about like getting down the aisle and the craziness that we had to endure. Um, when I say we, I'm talking about my husband and myself and my family um, to to even get to that point, right? But for the most part, I kind of wanted to to get going on the long-term part because I know that's what a lot of you are really interested in. I've gotten some questions um, about, you know, for a lot of women who are divorced and um, talking about like, should they commit to like dating one person or should they date many people? But I don't, I'm not going to address that. I mean, I've talked to them, but, and maybe that's another show. And um, again, I'm not out there dating and that's what I made that disclaimer. So I know it's a whole new world considered, you know, from 1998 to now. I know the dating scene is a totally different thing, but I did talk in the beginning of this series about how 
I think especially old, not older women, what am I going to say? Seasoned. Um, we're in our 40s, right? We sh- technically want to continue the old school way of doing things. Like I'm not really keen on all this, like, you know, booty popping when you out. I mean, be like a, be a, be classy, right? Because of who we're wanting to attract. So yeah, um, we don't need to be acting like the 20 somethings. We're 40 something. So that's my biggest takeaway and my biggest piece of advice for women who are back out dating that we don't want to be like the girls that are out there now. We want to kind of continue in our ways as far as being old school, the guy opening the door for you, the guy choosing the place to go to dinner, all the old school stuff. Yes, we are still doing those things, okay? So we'll talk about that maybe um, one episode or two, I don't know. But today I'm talking about how, you know, being married for 22 years to the same person, it can come off as like, oh, really? Like, is how exciting can that be? Really? You know, it's a lot of work. Like people say marriage is work. And I think I used to say that and I, you probably will catch me saying it on one of my previous episodes. But really, when you're when I'm writing my notes for the show and really thinking through like the journey, I won't say that it's work. It's dedication. Right. Because I remember like the first year of marriage, um, we talked about divorce probably every week, like real talk, like, you know what, this, this is crazy. Like who does this? And what I started to notice was every year it gets sweeter and sweeter. And I even was telling my husband, like, is that the gag? Because a lot of people think, oh, when you stay married long, it's like, it's, it's boring or it's work. But I think that's the reward. Like if you stick it out, I want to say stick it out, but if you dedicate yourself to relationship, it should get sweeter and sweeter. Because I remember once we hit like the nine year mark, I was like, oh, that was fast. And even like 22 years, I'm like, it doesn't feel like 22 years. It feels more like 12 years, maybe even 10 years. And I, I believe for, I know for me, what happens is, like I mentioned, you start to focus more on yourself. Like I focus more on myself and my journey and my growth and my evolution and not so much on my spouses. And I think that um, without the um, possibility of being redundant from what I've already said before, I really feel that is the key to a long-term marriage or relationship is when you're not so focused on the other person. And uh, like, you know, people say, oh, you know, they they bring me so much happiness. They're, that's my joy. I think it's a disservice and it's unfair to the partnership when you are counting on them for your happiness, when you are counting on them to fulfill you. Because nobody can fulfill you except yourself. No one can make you happy but yourself that you choose happiness, right? And so I believe that when a relationship does not um, prosper in a way where it's long-term or you know um, there's infidelities or whatever, it's because you all aren't focusing on yourself, okay? And, and, and it's crazy because society teaches us that, you know, you shouldn't be selfish, you should be selfless, and you need to um, give your all. And I believe that. I believe you should give your all, but part of giving your all is focusing on your growth and make sure that you are progressing as a person in this world. And it's really sad for me, and I, I know one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss this, have this conversation is because 
too often, guys, like I can name you 15 of my children's friends and maybe one of their parents is married. Like everybody divorced. Everybody got all these daddies around. Everybody got their own daddies. Kids, you know, I remember when my kids, we lived um, before we moved to this area, my kids would be, they, they love to go outside and play. And I remember one day my daughters came in and they were kind of sad. And I was like, what's going on? They were like, well, you know, Taylor isn't here this weekend because she's at her dad's house. And I was like, oh yeah, that sucks, huh? And then like the other kid, oh, he's not, he's not, it's not his visitation this week. So it kind of interrupted my kids' play schedule because their friends have to go be with their other parents. And so my hope, like with Family Planet 365, is to encourage and uplift parents. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, you shouldn't get divorced. Like, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that. It's wrong. You do what's best for you. But what I'm trying to get to is that long-term marriage is possible. Being in a long-term relationship is possible. And the way we make that possible is by focusing on ourselves and focusing on our growth and allowing for space between the two of you so that you can do those things. Because like I mentioned before, like if it's always this lovey-dovey all on each other and stuff, that's not, that's not real. Like, I mean, you can have that. That's great. But really, how long, is that sustainable? Is it really sustainable? You know, I, um... I always make a joke about um, the Kardashians because I know Courtney just got you know married with um, Travis, and from what I saw, like my kids were asking me like, "Why are they always like kissy and doing all that?" I was like, "I wonder how long that's gonna last," you know. And I'm not saying you can't have that because you can. I mean, that's what you choose for your relationship, but I just think it's like kind of smothering, and no one wants to be smothered in a relationship. Um, I know I don't want to be smothered. I know my husband doesn't want to be smothered. A relationship should be one where you are free to thrive. You are free to discover um, who you are, you know, with respect to the other person. You don't want to, like, I don't believe in, like, we're going to go, I'm going to go take a single trip for two months, you know. It doesn't work like that, or you can't, like, be with other people. But when it comes to your mental growth and development, I feel like you should be free and have the space to understand and get to know who you are. Because as you do that, you bring more to the relationship. It's kind of like what I say to new moms. I'm like, you know, don't sacrifice your life for your children. Do not do that. And the same with a marriage or relationship. Do not sacrifice anything for that relationship. The only thing I'm asking you to sacrifice is monogamy. Because all this, you know, being with different people, like that's not... That's not the game we're playing. Like, why? You know, like I said, I haven't been in the dating scene or on out there like that since 1998, really. So I don't know the games people play. I don't know, you know, what's in, what's out. But what I do know is if you are wanting to create a relationship that is fulfilling to you, one that grows, one that is sustainable, it does not have room for other people. It just doesn't. It, I, I haven't seen it work yet, you know. And, um, that's the only thing I would say uh, that's a big no, no, because it's just, there's just no room. There's this, just, there's no bandwidth for all these personalities to be in and out. Let's just, you know, be with the two people. Let's, you know, work, let's make, get through this as far as making it a beautiful landing place, a safe haven for the two of us. And let's expand on that as far as us becoming better. 
because like I was saying, when you become a new mom, you know, you sacrifice, oh, you know, I'm not getting any sleep or I'm not going to, you know, take care of myself because I got to take care of this child. But that's a disservice to you because when you are doing these things, you're not being better. You're not showing up in an amazing way for that child. And children like to see their parents, you know, working on themselves or um, going after their goals or being courageous in this life. Because when parents are doing that, you are in so many ways encouraging your child to step out into their greatness as well. Because children, they watch what you do. They don't listen to what you say. So your actions have more power than your words in this sense. So I think it's really important that we understand that a long-term marriage or relationship is all about the desire um, to be dedicated to the cause. And that's really what is going on for my husband and I, because, you know, like I said, the years fly by. Like, I really can't tell you, like, it does not feel like 22 years because it goes by so fast and, um, we're just, we're living life. So we're not really watching the clock. We're not, you know, counting down the days or anything like that. But I know what really makes it amazing is we're constantly working on ourselves. We're constantly like wanting to get better. And, and when you want to get better, it just, the relationship benefits. It just does. I'm your, your children benefit from that. Um, It just trickles down. It starts at the top and it just trickles down to every parts of your life. And so that's why I don't agree with you putting anything on hold, um, for a relationship or for parenthood, you know, unless it's going to put a child or your spouse or whomever in harm's way or take away from their lives. then yeah, that's something to rethink because, you know, children are, your children are counting on you to be present and they're counting on you for their security. They're counting on you to be their, um, you know, their guardian, they're the person that's looking out for them. And the same thing with a the spouse, they're counting on you to be their partner, their life partner. So you do have to take into consideration, but you don't have to put yourself on hold for the sake of, oh, I want to keep them happy because, you know, one of the things that I see and I'm on the outside looking in, I'm not, I was not in the relationship. I don't know, you know, what was going on behind closed doors. But one of the things I remember about Whitney Houston, I was like, wow, you know, it's too bad because I remember she was so great and um, low key Bobby Brown was kind of like, you know, he was falling off. You know, he wasn't as popular. He had his heyday, loved him in my prerogative, loved all that, you know, but at that moment, like, you know, Whitney Houston was bigger and she felt that she had to play small because she didn't want to make him upset or make him feel like he was less than. And see, my big thing is no one can make you feel that way unless you just subscribe to it. So if you feel like, you know, as a wife or a partner, you can't, you know, be the, be all that you can be because that spouse might feel some kind of way then that's definitely something you all should talk about because when you suppress, you know, you suppress who you are or who you want to be, that cause for chaos, okay? You, you'll you start doing other things to express that because we all are here for full expression. 
And we shouldn't, you know, I don't care who you're with. It shouldn't allow you or require that you suppress anything um, that's going to better you, that's going to make you feel more whole and fuller. Because remember, you are re- you are responsible for your happiness. Only you can complete yourself. So if that's the case, then we want to make sure that we are in relationships that, um, like I said, are a, a safe space to fully express. And that is why I feel like it's hard when you are in a space where you have to check phones, cell phones, and you know, are they really where they are? They say they are. That's not, that's, you know, if you are in that space, I, I would suggest therapy. Um, I suggest therapy anyway. Um, but I, I just would encourage you listening to this podcast to allow and require and only expect a great relationship. Okay. And what is a great relationship to you? Because what a, a great relationship is to me is different for you. But what I do know is a great long-term relationship, marriage, whatever, it does not require you checking up on people. Okay. We all grown. We know wrong, right from wrong. We know what we should and should not be doing. It is not your job to be checking up on anybody, going behind folks, trying to figure out what they up to. Because if that's what you're in, it's actually taken away from your development and it's actually cutting your years short in so many ways. Because we are, we decided to come here on this planet to enjoy the journey and we should be at ease. We are, our natural state is ease. Okay. And one of the things I always say is when you are not in your natural state, which is ease, you are in dis-ease, which then attracts dis-ease to you. Okay. Now you could do research on that and go deeper. Um, I feel when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I'm going to drop that seed there because that's something worth looking into. Okay. But we are here to be at ease. So I know for me, my secret to the long-term marriage and everything in between is being at ease. And part of that is relying on myself for that ease. I don't rely on my husband to make me feel a certain kind of way. Like, you know, oh, I don't feel good about myself. Okay. We need to go inside and we need to find out what is causing that and get you take full responsibility for who you are being, okay? And um, that's what I see a lot of when there's a lot of dysfunction in relationships is, you know, we always want somebody to blame. You got to blame somebody. Why don't we start going within and looking at ourselves and seeing what role we're playing in this chaos? So, yeah. I'm going to end on that because I think that is, what I mean by a long-term marriage, long-term relationship is not about its work. Nobody's asking you to work. We are asking you, I'm asking you to be committed and dedicated to the cause at hand, which primarily you are the first cause. So what is it that you want to do? What, what is a dream that you have? What is um, something that you want to accomplish or 
um, something creative. I think you should go do that thing because it's only going to add to your relationship. Yep. Because you're sitting around, like, you know, putting things on holes and um, waiting for the kids to get older and stuff. That's really just, um, it's like smoke and mirrors, you know, the forest for the trees, whatever you want to call it. It's not real. You know, We all we have is now. And you going to be, you know, every day putting your best foot forward, wanting to be the best person you can be, is only going to benefit. Everyone that comes in contact with you. You know, um, Beyonce has this song, I'm That Girl. I love that song. Oh, my gosh, guys. Now, low-key, I want, if y'all haven't noticed the um, the clues, I want to talk about Beyonce's Renaissance movie, but I'm not going to do that because I spend a lot of time already talking about other things, and that's not why you're here. But she has a um, song called I'm That Girl, and one of the things she said was, everything I touch shines too. And I like that line because it's so true. Like I mentioned, you know, when you are being your best, the best version of yourself, which changes daily, every day is a new beginning. Isn't that amazing? So no, January 1st is not the beginning, guys. Every day is a new beginning for your life. Amazing and such a blessing, such a gift, right? But anyway, like I said, when you are focusing on being the best version of yourself, Everything around you benefits from that, including your relationship, including your being with your spouse, including your kids, you know, and I think that's really cool. And that's something worth paying attention to. Okay. And likewise, if you're not being the best version of yourself, it affects everyone. It affects everyone. So that's where we are with long-term marriage and everything in between part five. I want you to start looking at your long-term relationship or marriage as your dedication. You're dedicated to the cause. And part of that cause is dedicated to yourself and the evolution of who you are being and who you are meant to be. You are dedicated to that because when you dedicate yourself to that, everything will shine. Everything shines too. So tell me, what really resonated with you? What is one thing that you could take away and apply it to your journey, knowing that it will in turn benefit your relationships, whether it be with your spouse, your partner, your children, everything. And you know, I can also give you this little tidbit. I want you to read. You need to be reading. You. You know, it, it's, it's interesting because I I have this thing about TikTok. Like, I'm like, I will never be on TikTok. You will never see me dancing with my kids on TikTok. I just have to draw the line, you know. I like to think, oh, I'm this, you know, I'm this, this well-read journalist. I'm dedicated to the craft. And all my life I was taught we don't, we don't um, become the news. We tell the news. We tell the stories of for people who are not heard. And I'm committed to that. So I feel like if people would spend less time on TikTok and read books, which we circle back to the library, going to the library type thing, you'll be a lot further along, <laughs> you know, because books are like 
so downplayed today. Like nobody, I won't even say nobody. I'm a lot less people are reading. And one of the things I tell my college students and my, my um, junior high students, I want you to start reading for pleasure. Don't just read because, oh, I got to read this book, you know, for the class. I want you, even if you have just one genre of books that you like to read, I want you to just be a lifetime reader because reading, it it eases your mind. It takes you to another place. It educates you and you learn a lot and you're a lot further along as a reader than not. And while I like Audible, I think that's great. Like if you want to just get a quick book, you know, I know a lot of people talk about how they ha- they're listening to Britney Spears book on Audible. I like to read. I think reading is best. You know, if you're in the car, you listen to a podcast, maybe you can listen to Audible. But I do want you to read like the book. I want you to be reading because it's good for you. It's really good for you. And there's science that can back that up. I'm sure I just don't have the facts. But I just know that uh, on your journey to just becoming the best version of you. And the truth is there is no final destination to that. You are constantly evolving. You will constantly desire more. And that is okay. That is how you were created. But on your journey, I want you to be reading. And I want you to be dedicated to that. You know, maybe you get a book about relationships. Maybe you get a, you know, you read some Harry Potter or you read um, all the good things. There's just so many great books out there. Be reading. I want readers. Let's read, right? Um, Yeah, so that's where I'm at with this episode. What's one thing that you could take away from what I've been talking about and apply it to your life? For the better, for the better, because we're here to get better because the better it gets, the better it gets. And that's one of the reasons why at the end of the show, I always say you can have it all because that is the belief that I want to instill in you as a listener, because it is the truth. You do not have to shortchange yourself. You don't have to sacrifice You don't have to um, wait. You don't have to um, be in doubt. You can have it all. You simply have to believe that for yourself, though. Yeah. And it's all on you. Isn't that amazing? It's all on you. So that is my show for this week. You have been such an amazing listener. I'm so glad that I was, I showed up to this microphone this week to record. And we have completed part five. So yeah, let me know. What are your thoughts? How did this benefit you and how will you move forward? I know for me, I'm going to continue on the journey I'm on, you know, um, just evolving and just becoming a better version of myself. Like, that's it. That's, that's how I'm doing it, you know? And um, yeah. It's really that easy, that simple. So until next time, remember, you can have it all. Bye for now.